We did it. 25,000. How? <laughs> Thanks to you. Come on in, everybody. It's a party. We're going to party today. And as I'm saying that, I'm like, why don't I have a beer? Guess what? We're doing water today. We're going to keep it healthy. It's Monday. We can't ruin. We can't be hungover on a Tuesday. <laughs> or can we? I guess we can. We can do whatever you want. Come on in, everybody. Thank you so much. Monday, September 12th, 11.01 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 Eastern. Those are all the time zones I know. Where are you from? Drop it in the comments for me. Let me know where you're from. Country, state, street address, house number, apartment number. What room are you? I'm just kidding. I'm just joking now. Come on in, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honestly, this is a celebration for you. You're the ones. You are the reason why we're where we are today. And it's humbling every single time when I wake up and I'm thinking about what am I going to put together today? What am, what am I going to make for our awesome community. And I'm always reminded that the only reason why I'm able to do what I'm doing right now is because of you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. If uh, you want to be brave enough and you feel like you want to show your face to the internet, I have a link at the um, copy to the top of the comment section where you can come on and ask a question live. This is a free for all today. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. There's some stuff going on, on the, in the Tesla world, you know, that will obviously hit and whatnot. But this is more geared towards you. So whatever you want to talk about, we're going to talk about. So questions you have in the comments, throw them down. If you have any thoughts, throw them down. I'll get to as many of them as humanly possible. And yeah, thank you all so much for joining us. Who do we got? We got Northern Ireland. We got Atlanta, Maryland, Florida, UK, 5 p.m. Thank you so much for the time zone there. Appreciate that. Chattanooga, Tennessee, Portland, Oregon, Wales. Look at this. Arizona. We've got a fair number of U.S. folks. We've got some internationals. Ah, thank you so much for joining us today. What's been interesting to watch in the... Uh, oh, yeah. Thank you, DRK. DRK, one of our uh, mods. Thank you so much for the work you've been doing, DRK. I really appreciate you so much. Uh, format for the question is question, then post your question. Yes. <laughs> a lot of questions. That helps me when I'm navigating through the comments section. I can pick out the questions that uh, you, you want me to answer much easier. Uh, so I would really, really appreciate that. We have people from Ireland. Uh, my wife and I's, uh, I think, favorite place, FYI. We've been talking about Ireland a lot. Uh, Switzerland, Austin, Texas, Germany, Sweden, Munich. Look at that. We already got a guest in today. We got Paul. What's up, Paul? Hi, how's, how's it going? going? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Congratulations, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. What's up? Uh, not much. I was just curious, like, what really inspired you to do this channel? Oh, man, that's a great question, dude. I uh, So after I, I left Tesla in September of last year, I really, my, my thought process, the reason why I left was, okay, I, I, I have a pool. I have a pool that's calling me to do something else, and I don't know what that is, but I knew that it was my time to sort of uh, start my next chapter. And then... Uh, I started thinking back to my time, you know, I had been invested in Tesla since 2012. So I, okay. I've been uh, really uh, part of this journey, this company for a long time, not just as an employee, but as an investor as well. But then having worked at the company, I thought that gave me a, a lot of unique uh, sort of like insights into how the company operates. And then I saw uh, a video by, I don't know if you know Joe Justice, but he's sort of part of the Tesla universe and uh, he was there no, for I'm a not familiar, bit. actually. That's surprising. Yeah, so I'll he's, he's a... Yeah, yeah, he's a guy that was there for a little bit, 
and uh, he was kind of sharing his experience at the company. I'm like, you know what? That's that's sort of inspired me to say, okay, so uh, it seems like this is helpful for the community. So I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to go out there and tell my story since I've been at the company for so long. And uh, before I knew it, this thing took traction. Stephen Mark Ryan picked it up. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he did a reaction to it. Yeah. And so it became yeah. this sort of life of its own. And I, I, I had a lot of people tell me, tell me more, tell me more. I want to know more. I want to know more. And so I started, you know, putting together more and more videos. And then as I was doing them, I'm like, man, this is really fun. This is like a super fun thing to do. And one of my mantras when I sort of started the next uh, sort of chapter of my of my life is I'm going to do what feels fun, you know, and well, good. this this is why I'm doing it. So but yeah, that's that's why I'm uh, here. Well, dude. It's, that's really yeah. great, man. I, I just want to say I find uh, your commentary to be very insightful. And honestly, your interview style is above above par. It's just really amazing. How you're able to get really smart people in the room together, so to speak, and you know, kind of get out of the way, but also prod them along. And I, I just think that you're doing a really great job, and congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much, man. That's so sweet. Yeah, man. I, I, uh, it's been a learning journey for me. Like I, I've been, I feel so fortunate to be part of a community that's filled with so many smart people. And I think for me, that's that's where I get a lot of my joy is that I get to learn from from you guys, from everybody in this community. I mean, it's 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 really it's super rewarding. And uh, yeah, but I really appreciate those kind words, man. That's that's super sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you. Just keep on doing a great job, man. You're doing great. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Man. Right. Thank you so much. Have a much. great day. You too, man. Bye. Take it easy. Bye. Paul, look at what a nice guy. Oh, I'm, I'm going to start crying already. We're five minutes into the stream, man. Come on. Claude, thank you so much. Eight ninety nine uh, British pounds. I think that's the sign, right? Twenty five k. Congrats, Farza. Thank you, Claude. Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate you. You're awesome. Oh man, what a crazy, what a crazy uh, journey this has been. Uh, what's your guitar collection? Yes. So Jackson, I forget the model. Let me see. Uh, I don't remember. Honestly. I'm going to probably get rid of this guitar. I don't like it, to be honest. I'll tell you a little story why. Uh, that's an LTD. I bought this in college. Uh, my God, like 15 years ago. Still plays great. I bought it for the shape. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Explorer shape. Um, but those are the two guitars I, I have. I had a Schecter back in the day as well that I sold for the Explorer, actually, which is that uh, the light brown guitar. Um, and then I bought the Jackson when we moved to Austin, but I, I'm not, I don't know, man, like the, the neck keeps warping <laughs> for some reason. So like the first fret on like up here on the high E string, it, it rattles like after like a couple of weeks. So I have to keep adjusting the neck, which is driving me nuts. So I don't know if it's my setup or what. So I'm probably going to swap it out for a Strat or if I can figure out how to fix this guy and get it to where it needs to be, I'll just add a Stratocaster, a Fender Stratocaster to my collection, which would go right here. So thank you so much for your question. Appreciate you. Oh, man. Congrats on 25. Been here from the start. Been nice to see you grow and finding your own approach to the YouTube game. It's inspiring. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's been um, just... I don't know if you guys can tell from my approach, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just experimenting. And I think... Maybe part of me is like if if I'm very open and transparent about how I, I'm approaching my journey, that could perhaps help some people along that feel like they have to be perfect 
or they have to know what, or they have to feel like they know what they're doing to do something. Maybe a little part of me is like, I hope some people can be, can see what I'm doing and do what they're doing because I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm still doing it. You know, I think that's a big lesson in life is that you never really have to be perfect. You just have to start. And the lessons you learn along the way of doing something are way more valuable, way more valuable than just trying to plan to start something. You get a lot more insights. Even the insight of, hey, I don't like doing this thing is way more valuable than spending time planning to do something because that's potentially time wasted on something that you probably won't like doing. Right? So, uh, but I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> so many good comments. You guys are crazy. Farza has such a great personality and ease of conversation. He makes everybody look comfortable or everybody comfortable and positive, both his guests and audience. Thank you. That's that's definitely one of my priorities. It's to is to really try to make just a really comfortable vibe. And I don't know if you guys saw my Twitter uh, post not a, not too long ago, but I'm actually going to be shifting to in-person podcasts as well. Uh, I'm going to be doing both remote and in-person. I think being in Austin, Yashu actually from Hit That Bit, if you haven't followed his channel, Hit That Bit, go follow him right now. He's great. Uh, I was talking to Yashu offline a little bit and he sort of was kind of pushing me to like, hey, go, you should do the in-person stuff. You're in Austin. Like you can, you can really bring a different dimension to this thing. And I'm like, man, you're right. You're right. And that sort of inspired me. And then, I, you know, I'm like 25K subscriber. So clearly I have some people that <laughs> like to listen to what I'm saying. So I really appreciate that. But if if the feedback I'm getting is that my uh, interviewing style is seems to be working and it's pe people appreciate it, then perhaps that's what I have to get into more is that if I really want to bring value to the community and really as many people as humanly possible, that's probably seems like the right strategy. So um, but I really appreciate that. It's because it's too much metal. Yeah, the guitars, right? <laughs> uh, is it your wife's guitar? No, my wife actually can't play guitar. I tried to teach her guitar when we first started dating, and I bought her a guitar, and that that was the extent of it. <laughs> Can you play the Monroe Life theme song on guitar? We need a metal cover. I was actually thinking about doing that. Uh, I'm going to look into it. I'll definitely do it. I definitely, definitely do it for sure. Yeah, Strat. I, I, I used to hate Strats for some reason because I was young and dumb, but I played one recently and it just plays so light. It plays so light, you know? Me, what I mean by that is that it's just, it's it's a very easy playing guitar, very, very easy playing guitar. And, and uh, for the style of music that I play, if I can play a little bit easier, like faster, that helps me uh, get the riffs out that I need. If it feels chunky and heavy, like it has to be a balance, you know? I used to like prioritize sound, but now I'm prioritizing sort of speed. And uh, I think strats would do good for me from that perspective. Who is your favorite guitarist? James Hetfield. James Hetfield from Metallica, for sure. Faking it while making it is also a strategy. It is the strategy. <laughs> it's a lot of, uh, it helps a lot of people to get started, you know? And of course, like fake it till you make it doesn't necessarily mean like, don't be yourself. I, the, I, the way of you fake it till you make it is like just just do it, man. Just just do it. What's the worst that can happen? You know, it builds character. Even in the moment of failure, I think it really does build character. 
It really does. Uh, congrats on 25K. Next step, 250. Sure. <laughs> Let's get it there. <laughs> thank you. Teslify, you, I, I've seen you in the comment section a lot. and You've been following the channel. So thank you so much, man. Appreciate your support. Gibson Les Paul. They look great. They are heavy. They're very heavy. And it's mostly a blues guitar, I find. It's, um, yeah. They're really cool guitars. But for me, and, and it's kind of hard to get up to the like like the neck, you know, like the, like the higher frets. Great guitar, but I think for the style that I play, um, it's probably not ideal. Uh, your perspective as a former employee is so cool. Thank you for your hard work. Well, thank you, Gerard. I really appreciate that. Man. Thank you so much. Uh, who is your favorite guitarist and why? James Hetfield. <laughs> Ringo Power or House of Dragon? House of Dragon. Like a million. Okay, I put out a tweet recently that was a little bit of a controversial take where I said, uh, I don't think uh, Ringo Power is good, in my opinion. It seems like they are writing the code. And again, if you like the show, this is I'm not telling you to stop watching it. You do whatever you want. I'm just sharing my opinion. It seems like they are writing the coattails of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, and they are taking Tolkien's world but adjusting it to whatever they want, and it makes the characters seem fake. And what I really liked about the Lord of the Rings movies is that the characters seemed real. Um, I don't know. It, it just feels off to me. And House of the Dragon is incredible. House of the Dragon, for me, I'm being very open and candid about this. The way Game of Thrones ended was one of the worst things that I've ever seen. <laughs> Sorry. And I know it takes a lot of work to get these uh, shows up and running and making them great. And I'm sorry if I'm disparaging a lot of hard work that went into the show. But I was somebody that read the books well before the show came out. And the way the show started was such a beautifully well done homage to the books but the way they ended it it was clear that the writers were trying to move on to the next thing and i thought that was disrespectful to the fan base my opinion so the fact that house of the dragon came back and not only did they return to sort of the roots of why the show was the original game of thrones was so good it's that great character and great writing but they also decided to keep the theme song for that show for the game of thrones theme song which, which tells me that they're trying to attach a positive recollection of the show to the theme song because I think a lot of folks that followed the show before felt like they were kind of backstabbed. So I that tells me that HBO recognizes that that show didn't end the way it should have and House of the Dragon is trying to right the wrongs. So I'm really enjoying House of the Dragon a lot. Ring of Power, I just can't get into it. I can't get into it. Uh, sorry, Ring of Power fans. You should talk to my wife. My wife's a humongous Lord of the Rings fan. And she is way more upset about it than I am. <laughs> FYI. Uh, you inspired our channel. Thanks. So thank you. Just uh, helping make Tesla's mission more manifested. Much love, Farza, Julian and from Germany. Thank you, man. Thank you, Julian. Really appreciate you. I was on their channel not too long ago. Please go check it out. Tesla Community Channel. They're doing a great job there, bringing the community members together and, and just chatting about Tesla. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, is there a danger of someone sabotaging Tesla FSD through hacking software or some remote signaling at cars? Uh, question from Dorothy. I mean, anytime you, you're dealing with software, there is a chance of uh, hacking for sure. I think, the, I think the way to think about it is what, what is Tesla doing to ensure that never happens? And do they have the expertise to ensure that it never happens? And what could make the argument, for my opinion, that they are the they have the best software folks in the world and the best AI folks in the world. So they they would more than likely be able to 
mitigate those threats as much as humanly possible. Not to say that it's impossible, you know, impossible, but I think they're the best equipped to mitigate it. Um, and I'm sure they're thinking about it on a daily basis, which increases the chances of them being able to offset any risks of that. So that's how I would think about it. Anything can be sabotaged, you know? It's really the question becomes is how seriously is that company taking is the sabotage risk being high? And I like to think that Tesla takes that extremely seriously because safety has been their priority for a lot of their products, really all of them. Yeah. Um, are you an above average risk taker? I would say so. I would say that I'm actually, I take a lot of risks for sure. Um, going all in in Tesla back in 2012, 2013, when I had a net worth of negative 100,000 <laughs> was, I would say, uh, a risk that many would tell me that I was a complete moron for, but it worked out. Calculated. I try to be very calculated with my risks. If there's outsized gain, that's what I prioritize. Yeah. What was the longest conversation you did? Congrats. Love the channel. Thank you so much. Um, I think it was 240, two hours and 40 minutes. I forget who it was. I've had a lot of people on my um, channel, but there, there were a fair number of them that were above that that time frame. Definitely above two hours. I think 250 something. It may have been with Nick Gibbs, actually, Nicholas Gibbs. I forget. Um, there's a lot. <laughs> I actually get a lot of flack. They're like, stop making such long videos, you know? Is my voice desynced with the video here, guys? Is So when I talk, is my mouth talking with my voice or is it a little bit off? If it's a little bit off, let me know because I think I can adjust it. I don't know why it's doing that, but do let me know. Congratulations on 25,000 subscribers. What a feat. Thank you so much for the Elon Musk. Uh, what do you love about Tesla? Uh, thank you. I appreciate that Elon Musk zone. Um, I love that they are driving change, positive change in the world through very easy to understand mission statements, which allows the maximum amount of people to gather around those missions. I think that's a very different approach to running a business and creating value for the world. And I hope it gets copied like crazy in the future. Uh, that's one of my favorite things about it, for sure. I'm going to uh, speed up a little bit, a little bit later on to comments. I know there's been a lot of them coming on. So I do, pre I do apologize if I uh, skip some of your comments, but uh, I definitely want to get as to as, many as I, to as many of them as I can. Buck, thank you so much, Buck. Long time follower of the channel. Thank you. Thank you. Discord member, Patreon member. Thank you, man. $20. Really appreciate you. Wanted to send 25 uh, minus one for every thousand subscribers, but YouTube doesn't have that option, apparently. Uh, they do have a $50, though. They're just saying, congrats, man. Add this to the adult beverage social fund. You got it. Every time someone donates, I just use it to just pamper somebody. <laughs> Just FYI. So I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, from the 25,000K, how many of them are bots? Probably all of them. Just kidding. You're all here. You're all real people. I think Elon said a while ago, whenever Starlink goes public, that Tesla shareholders would get preference. If this is accurate, how would you envision that being orchestrated? Yeah, I have no idea how they would pull that off. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. And I think they're getting close to being able to take Starlink public soon, I, I would think. But I don't know how Tesla would... I mean, I'm assuming if you have a, a record of being um, having Tesla stock, maybe they go down a pecking order of most shares to least shares, but I don't know if that's even legal. 
have no idea. That's not my expertise. If anybody knows in the comments section, definitely drop it for us. But looks like we're in sync. So thank you very much for verifying that for me, y'all. I appreciate you. Uh, just to remind everybody, if you do want to come on and just ask a question live, I've posted a link to the top of the comment section. Feel free to do so. I just ask that you have your camera on and decent audio and internet. That's it. And then we'll have a live question from you. Haha. -ha. Uh, what do you expect of AI Day? Excited? I am excited. The bot's going to be a big showcase, but I feel like they may show RoboTaxi as well. And the reason why I say that is because the last time Tesla has unveiled a product that you can reserve was back in Cybertruck days, November 2019. So it's almost three years ago. Tesla's due for a product that people can reserve. So, and, and actually Nicholas Gibbs from Investing Against the Grain talked about this as well. Um, but I could be wrong. Who knows? But I, it's going to be a lot of focus on RoboTaxi for sure. Or uh, sorry, the bot. It's going to be a huge focus. There will be something surprising though. I think there'll be something that gets a bell that's going to surprise people. And my bet is RoboTaxi. We shall see. Congrats on 25K. Thank you, Sergey. When Elon mentions 10 billion miles before FSC regulatory approval, do you think he means engaged FSC miles or running a shadow mode on the whole fleet also counts? I think he means engaged. Uh, I think that's because that that might allow them to gain the most amount of data because the driver is hands off at that point, which allows the car to behave in a certain manner, right? So they would have to be engaged FSD miles. And I don't know if that's going to take, I don't know how much longer that's going to take, but they're going to get there faster than anybody else because they have an entire fleet that uses it. So, um, did you went in, uh, did you went all in Tesla after conviction about company culture or Elon Musk? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been really, so I was all in, in 2012, 2013, closer to 2013. Um, I was all in at that point and I didn't really have any assets. I just, I had a bunch of, you know, just cash and whatever I was earning from. And when I say a bunch, I mean like maybe 10 grand, 20 grand. I was a broke college student, y'all. Okay. And I just had just graduated a couple of years ago and I'm trying to freaking save some money. So, but every single penny that I had in savings, I threw into Tesla. And at that point it wasn't much. Um, now it's more, I, we, my wife and I have real estate, which is uh, closer to half of our call it net worth. And then, the rest of the liquid net worth, including IRAs and everything else is in Tesla. So uh, just because, you know, I see it as a, I see it as having the most upside from a, the perspective of being uh, invested in a, um, some sort of asset where you can, you know, be relatively liquid if need be. And yeah, that's how I approach it. Hopefully it doesn't blow up in my face. What are some, what are you looking forward uh, on AI day? First time follower. Thanks. Thanks, CP. Yeah, I, I think I just mentioned it a little bit ago. The bot's going to be fun. RoboTaxi might be unveiled and I'm curious to see if that, that appears or not. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Any vibes on Cybertruck features? I think... I think what's cool about the Cybertruck is that it's going to be this mixture of an off-road vehicle and a sort of work truck as well. Those two things are usually in two different markets. You know, you think about the, like, say, for the, the Rivian. It's going to have a very different future set than an F-150 work truck. But it seems like the Cybertruck could fit both bills. 
So I'm curious to see how they're going to merge those feature sets together. What are the things that are in common that could be leveraged in an off-road situation in a work site? So being able to power things is going to be an obvious one. You know, like the F-150 has these uh, ability to plug in a million things or whatever it is, however many outlets they have. Um, vehicle to grid seems like a one that could be helpful in that respect as well, depending on where you are from your location's perspective. I don't know, a built-in coffee maker? I have no idea. So that's the kind of that's how I think about the future set for Cybertruck is some sort of interchangeability between being an off-road vehicle and a work truck. So we'll see. Thoughts on semi-delivery? Yeah, I think that it's starting. <laughs> it's going to be low volume for a while. The, the thing you have to keep in mind is that semi is going to be uh, taking a lot of um, sales from the production. And so the more semis they make, the less Model Ys and Model 3s theoretically they can make until they get the battery production to be at a surplus where they can really crank out semis. So I expect semi to be low volume for at least a couple more years until they get that battery production up and running. Finally got the beta update this morning. So did I. I actually literally just installed it. After the stream is over, I'm going to go uh, hang out with one of my old Tesla buddies. He just arrived in Austin. He's going to arrive in Austin this afternoon. I'm going to meet him at Terry Black's. We're going to have some barbecue, get into a food coma, and then I'm going to record some FSD beta while I'm sleeping. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I will be very full from barbecue. So look out for that uh, reaction video or that FSD 69.2 video, if not this evening, tomorrow morning. So I'm excited for uh, for that. How many factories do you think Tesla will build out by 2030? So Elon has come out and has been open about them uh, wanting to get between 10 and 12 to be able to achieve 20 million cars by 2030. So I would expect I would expect them to have either built out or in the process of building, call it anywhere between eight and 10 factories by the end of the decade. That's how I think about it. Um, yeah. Uh, why did you leave Tesla? Wasn't it a dream job? Love your channel. Thank you. Yes, it was 100% a dream job. 100%. And, and I get this question a lot. And I have a video that, that I built uh, that I made on my channel. Uh, really, one of my earlier videos was why I left Tesla. It was a combination of reaching a certain level of uh, financial security that my wife and I have been working towards for a really long time. Um, and seeing the next generation of talent coming up at Tesla that we were mentoring that was really starting to hit their stride. Uh, and the fact that my wife and I wanted to travel, you know, we don't have kids yet. We have our health, our youth, financial security. And um, I was I just felt like I, I made a lot of impact at Tesla, you know, like, we did a lot of great things. We really did. I'm about to sneeze. Hold on. <coughs> Excuse me. We did a lot of really great things and it just felt like time. I think sometimes when you're at a company, you can just feel when it's time, you know? And I mean, maybe a little bit of it was burnout to be honest, cause it is a challenging workplace, but I, like 80 to 90% of the reason why was because I just felt like there was a bigger pool uh, pulling me away from that uh, role than Tesla. And what I noticed after I left was that I was really identifying myself a little too much as a Tesla employee because I was so invested into the company. And I don't know if that's healthy, to be completely honest. I think it's 
there's got to be a certain level of being independent, you know, and like being an individual and really following your passions. I've been wanting to play my guitar again for so long and I'm in a band again and we're playing, you know, we started playing shows and I get to do this thing, you know, I get to do my own thing and build something from scratch, my own thing. That's incredibly inspiring for me because it, you know, Tesla has taught me so many tools and they, it's taught me how many different ways of trying to be a risk taker or problem solver and building out great teams and building out an inspiring mission. I just felt like it was, it was time for me to follow that journey for myself. And I couldn't be more thankful for everyone at Tesla and that company and the, you know, the leadership that they've built out there that really allowed people to be, to maximize their true potential. And I felt like if I didn't capitalize on the opportunity that I got from the universe, that I'd be, I'd be regretting it in my later years. So yeah, maybe deeper than you were expecting, <laughs> but it, I, honestly, that's how I feel. Buck, what's <laughs> up, dude? How's what's it going? Up? I guess I can take my sunglasses off and not be a douche on camera, huh? <laughs> yeah, sorry doing, about that. I'm uh, doing good. How are you? Congrats, of course, first of all. Thank you, brother. Um, so the question I have is, uh, I suspect most people in this chat are Tesla investors, and I'd say a portion are uh, Tesla drivers. Um, I'm an investor, but not an owner, but I want to be. I've got the Cybertruck um, on reservation. So my question is, do you suggest or how did you go through um, with your Tesla investment and having that, those funds tied up with purchasing a Tesla? Would you suggest or, or how do you think through using your shares if you've made a profit yeah. to buy a Tesla versus versus not and going some other way? Just curious about that's that. a really good question, dude. That's I wrestle a good with that question, right? Yeah, I think I think that is like the uh, unspoken, rarely talked about, but always is like a lot of people are struggling with that constantly, right? Because you know mm -hmm. you have an asset in the Tesla stock that you feel is going to ten x and say whatever, eight years or ten years or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. The Cybertruck, depending on the future set and how FSD rolls out, it's not, it's, it once seems to be more, to have a more clear path towards that. Like there's more risk attached to the Cybertruck because it is a car and there's full self-driving attached to it, but it still has to be proven out where Tesla has a clear path, a little bit more clear path towards getting to that just purely on volume, just purely on cranking out cars, right? Yeah. I think ultimately, I think we can't understate just how much uh, doing something brings joy to somebody and removing the the future monetary equation out of it. So like the way I approach it is, okay, um, I have a certain number that I have in mind that I'm trying to get to say, I'm always thinking about the future, sometimes too much. And my wife and I were just talking about this last night. Like I, I live in the future, I'm not present enough, but, but I'm constantly doing a calculation and this is how I approach it, right? I'm constantly doing a calculation that says, I'm trying to hit this number by this year. What is the likelihood that me selling X number of shares to purchase something I want or go on a trip or whatever is going to impact that ability? And if that means that I have to maybe create an additional source of income, then my head goes to, okay, am I willing to make that sacrifice to hit that goal? And so I'm constantly mm -hmm. thinking about it within that perspective. Um, if I feel like I have enough Tesla stock to reach my goal in say five years, and if I just sell some Tesla stock to get the Cybertruck and I still can hit my goal, then I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I don't care. Like, because I'm prioritizing my, um, my happiness in a sense over what I think my net worth is going to be in five to 10 years time. And that for me is healthier because I, I really want to enjoy the things that life 
has, right? And I think if if I spent too much time trying to be the richest person that I can be, it takes away from present enjoyment and and the ability to capitalize on some present things. That's how I think about it. It could not work for everybody, but th that's that's my approach. Is that helpful at all, Buck? It is, yeah, and that kind of rings true. And and that's what I've sort of wrestled with is, you know, maximizing almost obsessively with you know the, the shares and just mm. as many as possible for as long as possible, but. I mean, if things work out as we all think they will, I mean, how rich do you need to be? I mean, there'll be there'll be plenty. And, right. and in the meantime, I'm going to sacrifice 10 years of not experiencing the thing I'm invested in. So, that, right. yeah, I, that sort of rings true with what you said. It's like your joy has to calculate in there. And, and even being a Tesla investor and not having the product, I think it's it it only can enhance or at least more inform my investment decision by owning the dang thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that, there's definitely an angle there as well, for sure. And I think the other thing, too, is if you're doing something you enjoy that's generating income for you, don't discount that either. Like, that's that's another source of income. And again, this none of this is financial advice. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. Please don't take my yeah. advice. But this is how I think about it. It's if, you, <laughs> if you're able to generate a source of income that you enjoy doing and is valuable and you're proud of it, don't discount that. Maybe lean a little bit heavier into that and see if you can generate additional income while, while staying true to your morals and staying true to your mission of what you're trying to create, right? Um, there's a lot of different ways. I think a lot of times people discount their ability to generate income in, 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 a, in a good way, in, in a way that's helpful for humanity. But then again, that takes sacrifice. That takes personal sacrifice uh, to, a set, to, a, to a degree. But if you maximize the amount of time you have to make that sacrifice, then you can generate more income. So that's another approach that I take as well. Mm -hmm. So a lot of different ways, but ultimately it comes out to just, just do what makes you happy. And if you have long-term goals, just see if you can ensure that making those actions don't jeopardize that long-term goal. Yeah. Well, you, you lead by example. It's certainly worked out well for you to have that mentality. So, <laughs> so far, again. we'll see. So far, so go. Yeah. <laughs> no, you got it, bro. Blow up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you Thank it. you, brother. Yeah. Appreciate thank you, man. man. Take care. Take it easy. Bye. Mm -hmm. Buck is awesome. I love Buck so much. Who's this oh. guy? I've never seen this guy before. Wow. What's your name? Rod Rodman? What's it? What's your name? <laughs> Rodman, long time. Thank you. Congratulations <laughs> on the 25,000. Thank That's you, pretty brother. Pretty awesome. You, I just man. wanted to Thank like you. jump in here with uh with Buck because Hans and I've also discussed this problem. Hans is in the same boat. And like the way like I got kind of tried to put it to him. Am I coming through okay? Yeah, you, you're great. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So, like, if you think about your net worth and, like, how much a car is, like, compared to that net worth, you can think of it as a percentage. So, like, if if, if you're looking for a 50K car and you have 500,000 in net worth, that's 10% of your earnings. You know, if you double that to a million, that's, like, now 5% of your, 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 your net worth. So, you can kind of think of it, like, what is that? point where you know the cost of the car is like kind of small relative to like how much you have so um you know like it's going to be different for different people but um you know the more you have you like let's say you have five million right and you're paying for a fifty thousand car like that's one percent now so that's probably going to be comfortable for a lot of people right but not everyone's at five million sure but um you know like it you know, if you're at if your net worth is hundred thousand and you're buying a fifty thousand car, 
you, you're probably better keeping your money like growing instead of. So it's just about coming up with that percentage that's right for you. And uh, yeah. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. But that also assumes that uh, you are you, you, you like you're not taking advantage of any potential leverage that you like to take out a loan or something, right? If you have a source right. of income and you're able to retain like and again, none of this is financial advice. But right. if you have 100,000 in Tesla stock, right, $100,000, and you want to buy the Cybertruck for I don't know, 60, but you have a, a, a job that generates a decent amount of income that allows you to take out a loan to finance a vehicle right. that you might believe is going to not really depreciate in value. Yeah. And you get to keep your Tesla stock and you get to have what you want. As long yeah. as you can generate yeah. a source of income that has secures your future and you feel confident in that fact, then it, then it becomes your decision to want to do that, right? And right. it, it, depending on your risk tolerance level, then you can decide to do that or not. So in my, if, I, if I'm me, I would usually take the risk because I prioritize, I trust in my ability to, um, I trust my gut <laughs> in a way that says, hey, I th I'm going to be, I'm confident in the fact that this will not impact my future ability to hit a certain goal from a monetar monetary perspective. And I trust my ability to be able to generate incomes to try and offset that if I get into a tight spot. Like say Tesla goes down, I don't know, 80% and my Tesla stock becomes 20,000, but I still have a, a cyber truck and I'm paying a loan on it. I feel like I'm going to be able to have a, a source of income being a job or creating a business or something that's going to allow me to quote unquote survive that time period because uh, I still have faith or I still feel like Tesla is going to be able to rebound in the long term. So that's one of my variables. I think sometimes when people think about planning for the future, they remove the variable of being able to generate an income. And mm. yes, that's more risky for sure. Not everybody can do that. I, I'm completely, I, I understand that fact. But I I, I think if, if somebody's confident enough in being able to do that and they have a proven track record of, of doing that, make that part of your equation. You know, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe not 100%, maybe 50%, but that's more risky, you know, and, and I... And I definitely recognize that, but that's my overall approach. Right. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, like if you can, if, if you as a person are generating, like if you can increase your income through whatever means, um, through, you know, innovation and entrepreneurship, that's like even great ways to think. Um, and just going back to like financing versus purchasing all out, like um, we're comfortable, we can, buy the car but you know we actually just finance our cars and we could afford like a like a model x or whatever but we we stick to the model y and everything so you know it's yeah. it's it's all about what choices you make and like and go hey nicholas hey how's it going, guys <laughs> i saw rodman i saw your chat like after i brought you in i'm like it's Shit. all good <laughs> it's all good yeah what's up nick not much can you guys hear me okay oh, yeah. yes sir Loud awesome. and clear. Congrats, Welcome to the podcast. Let's go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I had to. Thank I was you, about to go eat some lentils. I'm like, well, hold on. I gotta hop on here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rodman. How's it going? Continue. Continue with your your thought. Yeah, yeah there. keep going, Rodman. No, no. I was I was pretty much at the end. Like, um, I think if you can like do financing, like, and the cost of the financing, I think for Tesla is around like five to six percent. If you're beating those, like, if you're beating five to six percent, it's better to keep your money in your own pocket and invest that than to have, you know, that five percent that you're losing to Tesla, the to the the finance charges. So, 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just small comparisons of like where your money's going and like what what's the fastest way to grow your total. Um, and that's how I think about it. So. Nick, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I have lots of thoughts on this topic. <laughs> Go. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. So my first thought is I, I agree with you saying Rodman. I think you're for me, this is not financial advice. For me, it is I, when you say it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> for me, a dollar in an investment, in any investment that is that has shown consistent growth, like just you can use the S P five hundred, um, just because that's a very measurable seven to twelve percent every year for the last how however long. If that's a higher rate of return than the interest rate you're paying, it's a no-brainer. If you throw in something like Tesla, and we all have our own numbers, our own models, it just makes you feel very stupid <laughs> if you don't take that approach, right? Because if you're thinking, if you're just thinking 15% year-over-year growth in the stock price, well then why would I, why would I forego that and not just take a six percent interest rate? I mean, so to me, it's just math. And the yeah, math makes yeah. more sense to me to stay invested. And as far as there's so many different ways you can pull money out without selling your stocks. Now, again, none of this financial advice, but you could do something like um, like um, Ken, um, Chicken Genius. He sells puts and he lives off sold puts. Again, it's risky, but it's something you can do and you get the cash immediately. So he'll do like a, a year-long leap sold put at either at the money or I would never do at the money. I like to go deeper into the money just to be safer but you get that cash and you know it just depends on what you think is going to happen worst case scenario you have to buy if you do one put you have to buy 100 shares at that lower price worst case scenario or best case scenario you keep all the premiums so so there's just many ways you can do it i just i think uh i think there's a lot there's so many good youtube channels out there like if you look up ken's stuff there's so many great stuff but at the end of the day to me it's just basic math where, where are the numbers at and i think over the long term, you'll be able to refinance a car to get an even cheaper rate than what you're at now. So, but those are my thoughts. Yeah, there's yeah. so many good ways you can like refinance your home to like start paying stuff. There's margin. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. stay away from risky. margin. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, the the way I always think about it, like when when people ask me offline and I and I and like they ask me like how how do you do it? Like I all those ways uh i agree with but i think the one thing folks sometimes like i come back to generating income like generating income is always so underrated because i think it does two things not only do you earn more money but you like you 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 just get exposed to different things in your life as well that open up doors that you never knew existed as like can allow you to have like if you make so much money that taking out loans is a non-issue, like that just solves the problem for you altogether. Instead of like trying to like figure out the best ways to leverage your money, like that's like that's how I've always thought about that approach. Is like if I can get to a point where I can just generate income so that I can worry as little as possible about carrying debt or carrying margin, even if it's at a very low uh, interest rate then that puts me in a better position to capitalize on certain opportunities that will either make me happy or I'm trying to, uh, you know, plan for the future. Um, but I think those two things together, the, the things you guys are talking about and having a good income, I think is yeah. like the most powerful thing in the world because like everything Absolutely. opens up to you. Everything yeah. opens up. Yeah. One or the other is cool. Like it's great. But then when you combine those two things together, it's like all bets are off. All bets yeah. are off, you know? Um, yeah. 
It, it's There's interesting. Also, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Can I just just around with that idea? I mean, so when I was really young, I was um, I remember like it was yesterday. I was at a Barnes Noble with my best friend, and I was studying for a AP history exam. And this guy out of nowhere just heard me and my my best friend talk. I had just got into investing in the stock market. My my stepdad had got me into it. I was like ninth grade, and he stopped and he handed us a book. And it was the book Race Dad Poor Day. He said, read this book. It changed my life. It'll change your life. Ironically enough, I went to the same college Robert Kawasaki did. But in that book, he says exactly what Farzad is saying. If I want to buy this new car or if I want to buy that new toy, well, I had to find a way to generate the income for that. I couldn't sell assets. I had to find a way to generate income. And in 2022, it is so easy. If you have a spare bedroom, Airbnb it for a couple of days, boom, you're done. If you're getting your Tesla, Toro it for two, three days, boom, you're done. There's just so many easy ways you can do it these days that you didn't even have back then. That it, it's it's almost silly to to make your first approach selling any assets at this point. Yeah, I think I think the the other equation too is is um, ensuring that you're somebody that is capable of finding the time to generate those additional. Uh, income streams, right? I think I think that's another equation that sometimes because I'm trying to. I think sometimes the 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 one thing that I get myself into is that I assume everybody has the time to do these things. You know, that's not always the case. I think uh, most of the pop. I keep going back to half of the country is living paycheck to paycheck, right? And then the the next thirty percent has a little bit more time, but they have families. You know, they don't have the time to invest in a separate income stream. And if they mm-hmm. do, they might be at like 110%. And then you have a host of mental health issues and you just, your body breaks down. So all of these things have to be done within the context of having the time to be able to do it, you know? So maybe that, <laughs> that becomes like the, like the ultimate, uh, root cause is how do you, how do you open up the time so you can do these things? You know, how do you ensure that you're in a place where you can capitalize on all these things? Cause they're, they're available, they're available for really anybody to leverage. But do you actually have the time to even know they exist? You know, it's it's I struggle with that thought a lot. And, and, and you know, because I, I can sit here and tell people, well, just generate more income. It's like, cool, I have three kids. I have a, I have a job that I have to go to. I come home and I have these different dynamics. I have literally one hour of my time that I can spend a day uh, trying to decompress from the craziness. That person doesn't have the time to generate an additional income, unfortunately. You know, so how do we solve for that? I, I think about that a lot. I think, yeah. I think what it, I think what the last fifteen to twenty years has really kind of opened up my eyes to is the amount of possibilities for individual entrepreneurship, um, and sometimes that's just like the hustle jobs where you're doing the DoorDashes, the Ubers, um, but like it's going from there, starting there, and like figuring out like how can I monetize myself? You know, is that YouTube? Is that um, is that, you know, running these gigs or is that like me starting my own business or working up to that point? And I think one of the big things for people is like, you know, getting like getting that point where they have some money, they, they have an income and then there's something that they're working for that's building themselves. And then they can start taking that extra income and putting that into investments and um and doing whatever. And I think that that was a big reason why the stock market really blew up in like 2021, 2021. Because there was just like so many YouTubers, like people who had extra income and where they were like, 
you know, like you have a, you have a guy like meet Kevin and he's making his money on real estate. And then he's like, where do I put that money? Well, it went into the stock market. Right. So I, it, it's, it's getting a movement for people to like get out of these, these regular, you know, tw- you know, these regular jobs and then moving up into something where they're paying themselves. Right. And like, if, if we can get more people moving up into those, you know, these new kinds of jobs that are just opening up because of the internet, because of YouTube, because of TikTok and everything, right? We can make people more free from, um, and let, you know, Hustlebot take over all those jobs. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have that, thoughts about that. Yeah I, yeah, I think so. I... I like a lot of what you just said. Um, what I've found, so for those of you who don't know, uh, my background is mechanical electrical engineering, and then I transitioned into the software world. Plug your um, channel, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> investing against the grain. Check it out. We talk Tesla Subscribe. investing, and we, you know, when it, when it makes sense, I talk engineering stuff. Um, but, but yeah, so how, how do I even make that transition? Well, a lot of what you just said there was I really start to look at where was I wasting my time if you will so like when i wasn't working and i was kind of goofing off like I, i've never been the person to just goof off just on social media like i goof off on my interests and so those interests i've learned to try to take those and make those my job or make those interests yeah. my my side hustle or whatever so if you don't even know where to look look at where you spend your time when you're not actually working or being productive because whatever that is, you're interested in that. If you're looking at Zillow all the time, well, maybe you should be looking at real estate or doing something there. If you're always doing Tesla stuff, well, maybe you should be trying to work for Tesla or trying to see if you can do part-time at one of the service centers. Or I mean, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. But but yeah, so in the bigger scheme of things, though, I, I definitely, I the time thing's hard, especially, well, I can only talk about myself. I can't talk about anyone who has kids because I don't have kids yet. <laughs> but I probably work anywhere from 40 to 60 hours a, w- a week with my day job. And mind you, I work for a company somewhat like Tesla as far as demanding. I don't like to talk about where I work, but um, it's a, one of the biggest companies. And it's very demanding. It's an amazing culture, but it's it's a lot of work. And then I also do YouTube. And then I also have a wife. And then I have life, right? So I can't even imagine throw kids in there. But as far as if you don't have kids, you can find the time. You can always find the time. We always have time. We're BSing or just sitting on the couch or doing something. But, but yeah, no, I think these are the type of conversations I think need to happen more because yeah, it, it's true. There's there's so many different things you can do. There was a comment here uh, that goes along the exactly what you were saying. Um, here, right here. So Mihoko uh, Simons Simmons. Uh, Farzad is spot on about uh, people not having time isn't an excuse, maybe, but it does make it very hard unless you sacrifice other aspects of your life. I think that that question of sacrifice and what you just walk like talk through, what what is a perceived sacrifice that isn't really a sacrifice, that it's just an excuse, right? But how do you define that within the context of somebody who feels very strongly that what they're doing is necessary. So like, for example, and this is uh, this is an exercise that I need to sit down and do again. I used to do it before uh, where I spent way too much time on my damn phone, just way too much time. And I'm like, man, I'm tapped out. Why don't I have enough time? And I'm like, 
you know, my wife's always like, just be pre like, what are you be present? I'm like, what, what are you doing with this damn phone? Like, like, you know, I'm like, I'm researching for my YouTube and I'm not, I'm fucking, I'm doing that for five minutes. And I'm like, Ooh, what is this thread? You know, I, mean, I just yeah, go okay. off the wayside, you know, it's a very human thing to do. Um, I stopped using my phone altogether for like a month. And then I, I found myself on the couch at two o'clock in the afternoon. I had done everything that I needed to do. And I'm like, Holy shit, it's two o'clock. And I still have like 10 hours left of the day. What have I been doing this whole time? It's it's kind of un unbelievable just how much time there is in a day. If you're very um, if you're a stickler about about really managing your time. But again, this is within the context of my life, of, of the fortunes that I've had. Right. Um, but getting to the point where you're willing to do that exercise of removing things that typically distract you or make you happy, getting to the point where you're willing to get rid of those things for like, say, for a week or a month to really understand what is going on is sometimes a very tall task because there's more underlying things attached to getting rid of that thing. You know, a lot of it is I, 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 I honestly think it's mental. I think there's a lot of um, mental health uh, things that have been happening with humanity with humanity as of late, especially since the advent of the internet, that's removing our ability to really try and uh, calculate why we feel the way that we feel. Like, why is it that I feel the way that I feel every day? Why don't I have the energy to start a business? Why don't I have the energy to, I don't know, to generate an income stream? Why don't I have the energy to hang out with my friends? Why don't I have energy to freaking cook food? Why don't I have energy to have sex with my partner? I don't fucking know. Like, there's so many different things that are happening in humanity that, um, like, most of us don't know how to sit down and analyze. But, like, finding those things, throwing them to the wayside, and just sitting down for, like, for when you're supposed to be doing those things, sit down on your couch and just do nothing. I could learn so much from this myself. I don't practice this nearly as much as I should. But the one time I did, it was eye-opening. It was eye-opening. And I don't know how universal this could be. But yeah, I, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how much how much something like that could help people, like how much of that could open up the potential of, of, of humans, right? Of people out there that could have a better outcome, could have a better future for themselves, but they just don't know how to identify those things or don't know how to approach those things because it's just because sometimes life sucks bro like it's too much sometimes it's too much you're you're going at 110 percent and you don't even know you're going 110 percent. you just feel like oh man why do i feel this way I'm, I'm a failure no you're probably doing way too much and and 80 percent of the things you're doing are probably counterproductive and they're making you more tired for zero value which is a lot of jobs today unfortunately it's a lot of jobs today do that you know, I just went on a rant for like 10 minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. To, to yeah. jump on that real quick. Um, I, so I love what you just said there, but I do think that a lot of times we, we say that we just have too much going on without using our own self internal feedback loop and iterating ourselves and questioning, am I doing things the right way? You know, I mean, I, I'm constantly like, self-criticizing myself and not in a bad way but like how can i be better what am i doing why yeah. why do i feel this way why why did i get those results and over time like i've learned what works for me you know i i used to always be somebody that works out in the evenings like there's no way i was going to get up and work out now i wake up at 5 45 every morning and i go to the gym from seven to eight it's i'm a crossfit guy so say what you want about that but uh -oh. It's Blood I get in there, we do a hard workout, we get out. But every day I wake up at 545, take my time to wake up. I'll look through any emails, look at what my schedule is for the day, you know, get my mind in the right spot, 
come back from the gym, hop in the shower, and I'm already on the computer before anybody. I've already gotten my mindset where it should be. I've already worked out. So I'm up in, you know, fifth, sixth gear already. Funny pun to use when we talk about Tesla so much, but, you know, figuring out what works for you. You know, I go to bed earlier now because I used to find out, oh man, I'm so tired. Well, why am I so tired? Well, because I waste so many, so many hours at night just watching TV about pointless stuff. You know, and so what can I do to help iterate that? And it wasn't even just not watching TV. It's just get in bed earlier. Just get your body in bed. You know, I, yep. I do stuff. You talk about work. So with, with the phone, right, with, with the iPhone, at first I tried to track like how many hours I would be doing different things, social media, whatever. And my initial thought, this thing sucks. It's not accurate. That was my initial thought, right? It's like, wow. how, how narcissistic is that? That I'm right. <laughs> it's wrong. And, and, but it didn't help me. Right. What I found that helped me is when I work, like, it's like when I get out of the shower, I get back down here to the office. I put my phone on focus mode. I don't turn it off. My phone's on focus mode. My computer's on focus. I don't take it off focus until around noontime. And that's where wow. I get my most productive work done. And so by noon, I've already worked out. I'm already ahead of everybody. I'm in that top gear. I'm I've done four solid productive hours of work. And, you know, it just, it really sets your day off. And it's kind of like that 2 PM you're talking about Farzad, you know, by 2 PM, like, all right, I've done everything, you know, that those last few hours, like it's more so like, ah, do I need notes here? Do I need to tighten that up? What am I going to do for tomorrow? Let me set my agenda for tomorrow, my list, you know, it's so, so I, I highly recommend it. Everybody instead of saying, I don't have the time or whatever, take a second to just iterate on yourself because that you'll get so much out of that. That's yeah. awesome. Really yeah. inspiring. Yeah. And and just the fact that you're changing up, like you're putting yourself in an almost an uncomfortable situation of like just I'm just gonna change my life up. Just fuck it. I'm gonna do it for a week. There's so yeah. many lessons gained from that too, because you then you 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 get exposed to the things that make you uncomfortable and all those things that are uncomfortable, I think are the places where you can learn the most. You know, that's where all the lessons are. The reason why you're uncomfortable is because you don't know what you're doing in those situations, right? So yeah, uh, fascinating stuff. We're having like a life podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. I have to second the box gym, like whatever gym you need, if it's at home, if it's, if, if it's CrossFit or whatever, like yeah. that morning workout and then like going to work or whatever, like starting your day with a workout is like, I, I fell out of it, but like when I was doing that, yeah, it feels so good. Yeah. yeah the, the productivity sure. is amazing. And yeah. it, the, the reason I started doing that, honestly, was, and I'll, I'll tell you a little hack on what actually made me be able to get up that early. Um, well, I'll start with that. It used to be, oh, no, I got to get up to go to the gym. And that is so <laughs> unmotivational. Yeah. You know, maybe you can be motivated by that for a couple of days, maybe a week, maybe a month if you're an insane person. That doesn't motivate me. What motivates me is when that alarm goes off, my thought is, Ooh, I want that cup of coffee. And that's all I'm thinking about. Just get that cup of coffee. Mm. And by the time you go and you get that cup of, you're not thinking about the gym. Like that, that's too much of a big thing to get up for. But that cup of coffee, it's like, Oh, I'm just going to go downstairs mm. in my boxers, get my cup of coffee. <laughs> you know, like that's all that I'm aspiring for. But right. the bigger reason I really want to start doing things in the morning was I kind of felt like it's kind of almost disgusting that so many of us and i was guilty of this too but when i would wake up the first thing i would do would be to get ready and do stuff for other people for work I'm like nah, this is so backwards i need to do something for me when i wake up i need to take care of me first and so that putting my health 
as the number one thing in the morning, make sure I do something for me before I do anything for anyone else. So, I mean, that was kind of a philosophical thing I want to change in my life. And so, yeah. so that, that was the impetus behind it. That's great. That's really helpful. It's funny because like the last uh, five minutes or so, Nicholas, you're sounding like my wife. <laughs> like she tells me this stuff all the Watch time. Watch out. I know. <laughs> I'm coming for him. It's yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> She's gonna like, um it's uh it's very I it helps to hear other people have that same perspective. It's not like and it's not like I don't follow her advice, it's like I I try my best to follow the advice. It's just my I, I fall off the wagon with that stuff. I, I I think my brain is just I don't know. Like when ever since I have time on my hands or perceive time on my hands because I literally have I wake up and I decide what I want to do every day I'm mismanaging the shit out of it for mm. sure for sure um and so having her is extremely helpful having you both of you sort of walk me through your thought process is extremely helpful and I appreciate you going in depth there Nicholas because that helps me again that's another person that's coming on and saying and there's all these books that I read I don't know if you guys ever read Atomic Habits but some of the oh, things yeah. that you're talking about is like part of that like make it easy make it repeatable kind of yeah. thing it's like cup of coffee Okay, that makes that's easy. That's an easy thing to do. And it gets you the fuck out of bed. And it's something you enjoy to do, right? You enjoy drinking coffee. So it gets you out of bed for a reason. Yeah, it's it's a it's eye opening. And it's I think I think I can see myself embarking on a journey of of maximizing my potential. I think that's really the thing that's becoming obvious for me is that I've for since I left Tesla, like I've I don't think I've maximized my potential. I think I've been, I, I, I've been having a lot of fun with what I'm doing with my life, but I've been mismanaging a lot of my time. I'm spending time on things that I really shouldn't if I'm really trying to achieve my long-term goals and to develop the relationships that I want to develop. You know, not that there's nothing falling apart. Everything's great, but it's just, it could be so much better. And, but I have to focus on myself to do that. I have to focus on myself to get myself to the next level. So Thank you guys. This yeah. is very yeah, helpful. Cool. I appreciate you that was guys. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I want to get to some comments in the comment section, so I'm going to kick you both out. Is that okay? okay. <laughs> See you later, <laughs> bro. But thank you guys yeah, very much. Awesome. Seriously, appreciate you both. Thank you guys, man. Yep. Thank Cheers. you. Congrats. Appreciate you guys. Bye. Thank you so much. Wow. Life advice with Farzad Misbahi, Rodman, and Nicholas. There you go. I hope that was helpful. That was helpful for me. That was really helpful for me. Far's up more like a morning beach runner. <laughs> there was I saw Gary in here. Gary's awesome. Uh joining CrossFit tomorrow. I might I really need to uh spend time on um I need to do like stretching or something. I've been noticing my lower back starting to get pretty stiff lately here, and it might be because I'm standing at this desk for six to eight hours a day potentially. So um yeah. Let's get to some questions. If you have any questions or you want to jump on to ask a question or two. Um, I have the link to the top at the top of the, uh, the comment section. And uh, yeah, and if you have a, a comment in the comment section, I'll go through it and answer your questions as well. Uh, how was your experience with Tesla and Scrum? Yeah. Um, the, so the Scrum technology uh, terminology, right, is something that's been developed outside of Tesla. Uh, if you're familiar with Joe Justice, Joe, somebody that's been, uh, he's written books about this and he uh, he's like a big, big proponent of that and agile and all that stuff. These are terminologies that live um, in, in a world where they're trying to define uh, processes that help things happen faster, right? So what, what was interesting about my, about my time at Tesla is that 
um, the way we were approaching problem solving with teams of people, which is what really Scrum is focused around my understanding, because again, I'm not a Scrum master, but the way it was explained to me is that Tesla naturally does this by bringing people together, you know, or people just bring, bringing each other together out of necessity that is tied very closely to how Scrum operates. So um, that's what's, what was interesting about my time is that we were doing all these things naturally because of the necessity of doing those things. And it just so happens to be processes or ways of running a business that uh, people have been trying to teach companies how to do that Tesla just does naturally. So I don't know if that answers your question very well, but that's sort of the best way for me to define my experience with Scrum there is that it just sort of happened. It happened on its own. Um, <laughs> I hit the gym. Hit the gym. I know, man. I've been, I, I went twice last week. I've been, I've been, so I've been running and, and walking quite a bit. And uh, I, I was running the one time I ran a 5K recently. And then I, I was running like a, like three miles every couple of days. And my left knee started giving me problems. So I was like, okay, I got to, I got to be careful with higher pushes. I just think I need more strength. Um, yeah. In my, in my legs. Uh, do isometric exercises while doing shows. You want to see me sweating my ass off? <laughs> I want to be like glistening. The light's going to like, um, it's going to like make my face shine like crazy. Here's a question. Why don't, why didn't 10.692 let me move the blind spot camera around? Ooh, um, that's interesting. I don't know. I will, uh, once I go on my drive today and uh, try out 692, I'll let you know if I'm having the same issue as well. That may have been tied to a separate release for some reason, but yeah, I don't know. I'll let you know once I go in and try it out. Uh, you having kids anytime soon? Uh, bro, we are proud after this. Uh, Gary, funny guy. Uh, yeah, my wife and I are planning on having kids. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Once we have them, you guys will be one of the first to know. Don't worry. Uh, did you ever consider other stocks nvidia besides tesla um yeah i mean in the past i've invested in other shares so my portfolio before i went all in in tesla again recently was um coinbase arcg um shift four what was it hertz so these were like the companies it was still uh very much skewed lemonade was another one it was very much skewed to tesla uh, it was still majority Tesla, but I, I just felt like putting a little bit of money on those places. It was all in my IRA account, on, actually. I, th I felt it was a good move. But uh, as we went through that sort of like dip in the market, I found that Tesla just had a better long-term potential, especially with the ability to generate cash here in the coming quarters and years. So I just felt like Tesla was a better investment. So I shifted it all over to Tesla. But I've looked at others. And I also looked at Palantir as well. And I was in Palantir for a little bit. I know that's a very popular one within the Tesla world and the internet and YouTube. But I do feel like, um, I don't know, like Palantir for me is, I'm thinking about doing a video soon where I, I want to give my sort of thought around how to fix that company, which is a stupid thing to say as somebody who has very little experience with that company, but I have been exposed to a few things from like talking to other people and sort of thinking through it. And I come from a business intelligence background. So data is, I know, I know data 
quite well. And Palantir is a is a more than just BI. It's sort of like a enterprise, you know, enterprise software. It's basically like the brain of the company. But like most people don't understand it, right? So uh, I have a lot of uh, suggestions on how to fix that potentially. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, that's something that I do. How confident are you that Elon solves FSC before end of twenty two? Yeah, I do think I do think uh, Tesla has a very good chance at the end of this year to come out with a solution that's going to be able to um, drive people around without driving for sure. But there will be there's still there's still going to be some edge cases and in, in places where they need to hammer it out. But I do feel like I do feel like they'll have FSD ready for every single person who has signed up for FSD. And I think it's going to be able to get people from point A to point B um, like 99% of the time without any uh, interventions. I think next year is truly where, where it takes, where it goes to the next level and it becomes like, okay, they're here. We just need regulatory approval. Uh, they're going to get close this year. And my, and my, and my uh, conversation with Chuck and James really helped me think about this a little bit better. Um it's going to, I think it's going to seem like it's not going to happen until it does because of how these things usually work with software. So, and, and Tesla has a proven track record of execution. They're always late, but they execute. Uh, and they've proven that many times. So I'm curious to see, I'm curious to see how that goes. Thoughts on Ontario versus uh, Quebec locations for Gigafactory Canada. Um, yeah, I did a video where I thought Ontario would make sense, but Quebec's not that far away. So yeah, either one, either one of those two could work, right? They, they take advantage of their geographical location because they're both sort of like Eastern Canada, right? Or like Middle Eastern Canada. So either of them could serve. I do think Ontario could serve. What does Canada look like, y'all? <laughs> Let me see. I'm not very familiar with Canadian geography. Let me pull up my, uh, my screen here. Let's see. Canada. All right, let's zoom out. We're in Austin, Texas, Quebec. Yeah, it's Eastern and then Ontario is sort of mid. Yeah, it could work. If I mean, if, if you're around Toronto area, really the thought process here is you want your factory to be close to a city center where you can draw talent. So to me, Toronto makes more sense because um, Toronto is a larger city and there's a lot of tech companies there and it has, uh, you know, quite a bit of um, overlap with the manufacturing world because I think Toyota and Honda both have factories there already. So there's already a talent pool you can draw from. And Montreal is kind of like more or, you know, it would have to be in either Ottawa, Montreal or Quebec City if you're going to be in Quebec, right? So those seem to be, I don't know, just those seem a little bit farther away from a geographical perspective if you want to serve things like Detroit and sort of Chicago. Um, Toronto is probably closer to like New York and Philly. Quebec gets you closer to New England, but yeah, I think from, from, uh, there's a couple of variables that I think could help Ontario a little bit more, uh, or it could serve tests a little bit better when it comes to, um, building a gigafactory. So yeah, is Tesla energy a sleeper that no one is talking about? Uh, I think so. And I felt like about this for a little while now, but I think Tesla has to prove that it's a sleeper before it becomes a, before it's like, we can say it's a sleeper. Nobody in the Tesla community is even talking about energy being a huge part of the future of Tesla. I mean, we are, but it's like, we don't see anything happening there. And again, it's tied to the battery availability. So, um, 
it needs to be like one of these quarters we need to be blown away by holy shit where did all, where did all this margin come from where did those, all this revenue come from once that happens i think that's when energy becomes a uh, a much bigger talked about thing but the fact that that could take us by surprise i guess by definition is a sleeper right so yes it is a sleeper that's a long way of answering your question <laughs> question 42 no yes i don't know uh Congrats on 25. Thank you, Amit. Thank you, brother. Amit is uh, doing some great things on YouTube. If you don't uh, follow Amit, make sure you go check him out. He's also working on a uh, his own little company called uh, Audia, right? If, if I remember correctly, Amit. Um, he's uh, going the entrepreneur route and trying to build a uh, uh, sort of like a podcast platform that's uh, really focused on getting ideas out with the audio perspective. That Hence, Audia. Pretty good name. Uh, thank you, brother. Appreciate you, Amit. Uh, what else do we got? What else do we got? If you have any comments, drop them in the comment section below. If you want to jump on and ask a question live, there's a link at the top of the comment section. But uh, the only thing I ask is that you have your camera on and decent audio and internet as well, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Why doesn't Tesla just build a small amount of solar panels it takes to power the country? Um, I, I think, I think it's probably because it's not that small, <laughs> uh, and they don't have the batteries. They will not have the battery capacity to store those batteries as well. Right. You have to pair them with the battery portion. If you just build a bunch of solar panels without being able to store that battery overnight, you've just kind of spent a lot of cash on something that's not really bringing the value that you thought it was going to bring. So you have to be very careful how you, uh, how you approach that. Um, the sleeper advantage for Quebec uh, for the Tesla Gigafactory is if there are good French-speaking engineers, Tesla can steal from France or elsewhere that they otherwise wouldn't be able to recruit. Yeah, that's true. I think the question becomes how many engineer, how much of the total engineering talent that is top tier is specifically French-speaking that they wouldn't be able to get unless they tap that market. Um, yeah, I have no idea how good the engineering talent is in France, but could be. What are your thoughts on, uh, about Tesla bot? Will they be ahead of schedule? Um, I think there's a chance that Tesla could show something at AI day two from a technology perspective, it'd be at either software or hardware. That's going to surprise a lot of people in a manner that you know, they could be like, holy crap, I didn't know they were this far along this quickly. That's usually what happens with Tesla. That's the Tesla story. I didn't know they were this far ahead this quickly. You know, if you think about everything they've ever done, I didn't know you were this far ahead this quickly. They're still late. Um, but yeah, it, I, I'm going to reserve any more thoughts I have about Tesla bot until I see it in person or until I see it uh, in, in the AI day too. So hopefully it's, it's uh, something that we're shocked by. Dream holiday destination that you can't actually travel to. Whoa, that's a good question. Ishan, longtime supporter. Thank you very much, brother. Dream holiday destination that you can't actually travel to. I mean, I, I can travel anywhere. <laughs> Mars, <laughs> I guess. Let's just use that. Mars. Uh, yeah, Mars. I want to go to Fiji, though. Fiji is freaking expensive. It takes a long time to get there, especially from Austin, but I want to go there. 
Is Tesla going to acquire Mattel because they are producing vehicles like Hot Wheels? That would be amazing. Could you imagine if they can take their manufacturing process and scale it up like 100? Like, just make it bigger and then boom, there's a car. Yeah. That'd be fun. Congrats. So happy to see your audience grow. Thank you, Felicia. Appreciate that very much. What's up, Red Rocket? <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on Aptera? I'm looking forward to all of the interesting EVs that come out where volume is too low to make sense for Tesla to take advantage of. Um... Yeah, I'm not familiar enough with the company. I do think the the market for very because uh, um, Aptera makes what is it that solar car, right? Am I right about that? Yeah, this guy. Where are we at? This uh, kind of awkward looking vehicle, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I don't think Tesla is gonna acquire any of these things or get into this market for a long time. I think their focus is going to be strictly how do we get autonomous to become the way people move around and how do we build vehicles and an infrastructure that's able to accommodate for that. This to me, I think has potential in the very long term, but I don't know this, this looks like a toy for me to me, right? This just looks like a toy that um rich people can buy and enjoy but yeah i mean that that tent thing is cool but again like what's the use there's only two chairs like if you're trying to drive uh if you're really trying to drive the adoption of vehicles and you know self-sustaining vehicles that are autonomous uh, i don't know it seems like it's very limited in that respect but it looks cool yeah it looks really cool uh, would you do an an in-person podcast with a tesla bot hell yeah Actually, if I'm able to get my hands on a Tesla bot when they get released, you know damn well this thing's going to be standing somewhere. We're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff with it, right? It's going to be a character on the podcast, 100%. The comedic uh, uh, power of a Tesla bot on the podcast seems very large. So I don't know how I'm going to make that happen or if I'm going to get my hands on a Tesla bot, but we'll see. How much power can you get from 70,000 panels uh, on Giga Austin? I have no idea. Does anyone in the comments know? Let us know. What's your next mission in life? Um, I've been thinking about this question a lot. I think the YouTube journey has uh, sort of opened some doors for me from the perspective of trying to bring value to the world in form of conversation and maybe, um, I don't know, bringing insights to, to people about Right now it's Tesla and Elon, but it seems like I'm I'm able to be part of that. I don't know, part of the world that that has conversations that help humanity in some way. So I'm trying to figure out how to bring that, how to make that a bigger part of my of the things that I work on, and that's why I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the of the of the, po of the interview or the live stream that I'll be doing in-person podcasts soon as well. So I just, you know, I just, thanks to everybody who became a Patreon and YouTube YouTube supporter and your donations and all that good stuff, you know, like I took that money and I threw it into, I don't know, like 3,400 bucks or something, uh, and, and Amazon to build out this room into, to, to be able to do it in person. So, uh, thanks to y'all, I'm going to be able to do that here soon. So I'm excited for that. Um, but I think that's that's I think that's gonna be that. It's try, how can I make humanity better through conversation? We'll see. 
Who knows? I could fail like crazy. Who is this handsome fella? Hey, hey. What's up, dude? How's it going? <clears throat> Pretty good. So my question is on, you know, so we're talking about energy. Like, I've been going back and forth and thinking about this a little bit recently. And it just seems like they're still going to be cell constrained a lot, probably within the next couple of years. It's 4680 ramps and um, just raw materials and stuff. And so, yeah, the question really is, you know, how much does energy become a major factor before we reach 20 million vehicles? Mm. I mean, I mean, the nice thing is with LFP, like you do have yeah. quite a bit of raw materials there. It depends specifically on whether or not lithium becomes a bottleneck. And we'll see yeah. with the you know, the Texas-based lithium refining factory, how much traction they can get there to solve that bottleneck. Yeah, I mean, I think the really interesting, that's, that's one variable, right? But that you're hitting on this theme that says that when it comes to uh, energy storage, the flexibility you can have from a material perspective is much greater than in the vehicle side. Yeah. So you could take advantage of uh, chemistries or raw materials that you typically wouldn't be able to take advantage uh, of on a vehicle. And Jordan has gets to give from limiting factor. This is something that he's talked about as well that I've, that I've heard him sort of publicly speak about. So that draws, draws a picture potentially that says that to get to a stage where energy becomes a substantial part of the business theoretically could arrive sooner than the vehicle because the material constraints are not the same as you would have from a vehicle perspective. Mm -hmm. The question becomes, what are the processes required, like refining, mining, and these other yep. variables that gets us to that point? And how much is Tesla willing to invest in that part of the business while they're ramping up to 20 million cars a year? And how does that fit within the the, the context of how much bandwidth they have, right? Um, but that's where the up, upside surprise could come. That's, that's where... All of this that we're talking about with Tesla mm -hmm. Energy, this is where a lot of us are like waiting for, like, dude, like it's there. Like, where, where is it? When is it? When are you going to make the? When are you going to pull the lever yep. to make it happen? And the fact that it hasn't happened so far, I think, <sighs> indicates that it's harder than we think. It's harder than we think. So, well, and definitely, yeah. I know the chip supply was a major factor here over the last two years because they've talked about, yeah. hey, we've got you know a surplus of cells right now that chips are the bottleneck. Mm -hmm. um, so now, and it seems like energy is ramping significantly now that we've got the chip supply issue solved. Um, I guess the one other thing that I was thinking about was Jordan talked about um, the 4680 ramp and how some of the cells were, or I think it was Jordan, maybe it was cleaner watt, but I'm pretty sure it was Jordan talking about, um, you know, they've got B and C cell, like some of the cells that are coming out of Cato road right now are, they're not necessarily high enough quality when they get produced. Like they're, they count as far as yield towards that 97% as being good cells, but they're not necessarily good enough cells to be put in automobiles. And right. so those B and C rated cells would definitely be cells that you could put in battery storage. And okay. then, so yeah, like as they ramp giga Austin and giga Berlin, you know, if they're producing, you know, say, 10% of all 4680 cell supply ends up not being able to be put in vehicles, then right. that's definitely something that you can allocate towards battery storage as well. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. I think, I think the other variable too, is as Tesla enters 
the state of becoming a true manufacturing expert from the vehicle perspective, theoretically, that opens up bandwidth from an expertise perspective to try and leverage what we just talked about, that available yeah. battery supply to really ramp that part of the business. Because, I mean, I, I, when I was there at the company from 17 to 21, um, it was clear at that time that Tesla's gigantic focus was vehicle manufacturing. We, we mm -hmm. didn't have the resources. And again, we, we just made it work and it was great. And we had really good leadership, but you could tell that Elon and the leadership team were focused on the car. It's just the yeah. car, you know, and yep. then everything else will make it happen. And then we made it happen, but it's the car. Um, once that shift starts to happen where it becomes 90% car, everything else sort of will figure it out yeah. to 60% car, 30% energy, 10% will figure it out. Yeah, you're gonna. You should see an like a like a two three x improvement in how they approach that problem, but then yeah. it, that becomes an internal decision from the leadership that says we're not going to focus on the car as much because we know we we got it to where we needed to go. Now we're going to go energy, um, and I'm curious to see what kind of clues we'll get. Maybe master plan part three gives us mm -hmm. clues into that shift yeah. in focus, or maybe uh, folks that are able to talk to management, you know, can. You, like this is the kind of question I would love to ask if I was at these investor meetings is like, mm -hmm. hey, when does the tenor of the of the uh, uh, when does the tone of your approach change from a leadership perspective that says we're not going to be 100 percent focused or, you know, majority focused on the car like, because that's what drives the change. That's what drives the innovation. Yeah. It's people focusing on the problem. Right. Well, um, that's kind yeah. of my fear a little bit as far as energy is concerned is that while we've got these extra batteries are going to go hard into energy growth. And so we're just going to see this massive spike in energy deployments. And then we're going to hit cyber truck and semi deliveries and yeah. all the cells are going to disappear. And then we're yeah. going to go back to either maybe potentially even sequential declines in energy storage yeah. deployment. And so just, you know, kind of from a modeling perspective, what do we what do we expect in all of that? Yeah, that's a great point. Tesla, if Tesla gets themselves in that pickle, that says that they're still not at the point where they can really share expertise and focus as a company. They're still mm -hmm. too automotive focused, but they're trying to do these uh, multiple things, you know? And honestly, I think that Cybertruck and Semi are more important than storage. And so I mm -hmm. would understand it. Um, but that's just kind of oh, don't I'm commit too early looking for. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, the, the argument they could make is like, well, you know, we, we the, the reason why we are Tesla is because we're so flexible with our ability to uh, create products that are in different industries. Mm -hmm. And this is just what we have. But the, the signal <laughs> like I wish I wish the signal was we're getting into this thing. We're going to move forward. But again, there's if the demand for the mm -hmm. Cybertruck is a million a year, then OK, I get it. Like, OK, why? Oh, why it's going to be ridiculous. It. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be so, insane. You know, I think the Cybertruck is going to do the same thing to the truck market that Model 3 did to the luxury SUV market. I agree. Like people agree. think that, you know, a million F-150s is like the ceiling. And I think that's not even close. Yeah. What opened me up to that to that thought was when I had Cybertruck truck guy Todd uh, from from that channel, and because he, he's you know very well versed in the pickup market, the pickup market is way less brand loyal and way less form factor loyal than you would think, because most mm -hmm. of the pickup truck buyers are 
are a, a good number of them are usually were typically SUV buyers, like large vehicle buyers that switched over to yep. a pickup truck because of the additional utility. They had the cabin, but now they have a bed in the back. But they don't give a yep. shit if it's a GMC, a Ram, a Ford, a GM. They don't care. It's just they want something that fits their needs. And if Cybertruck comes along and it's a it's a car that gives you that I utility and it's easy to drive, you know? Yeah, I think people are going to be surprised the number of like badass moms that just want to drive their kids Fuck around yeah. in a Cybertruck. <laughs> so true. It's so true. So Every time I see a pickup truck around here, it's a, it's a mom. It's a, it's a woman. I'm like... Well, to talk about uh, the usual, I mean, yeah. of course you have, usually, you know, they're like up here if it's a dude, you know, it's up here, <laughs> you know, they got the truck nuts in the back. <laughs> yep. You know, I'm surprised Texas, around right? in East Texas, like every single Jeep Wrangler I see is driven by a woman. Yeah. It's like 90% chicks and maybe 10% guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very, and then, yeah. Like, would you rather, would you rather drive a Jeep Wrangler or a Cybertruck? Right. <laughs> exactly. No, I, that's a great point. It's that is the first thing I'm going to look for when, when Cybertruck starts hitting the road. I want to see what are the demographics? Who's buying this damn yeah. thing? It's going to be surprising. I can't wait. Yeah. We're all, like we're, we're not that far away from it anymore. It's what yeah. six to nine months before the first Cybertrucks start hitting the road. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. Be exciting. And I'm yep. right here. I get to see it. I get to see it. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yeah, you can we literally it, count man. them driving down the road. Yeah, I can't wait to get. So. Literally, the second I get mine, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna set up. We live in a, a really nice, like HOA, like sort of a very community-driven uh, neighborhood, and they have this sort of area. It's called the Green, which is like a place where a lot of people go hang yeah. out or whatever in the, in the neighborhood. I'm gonna get with the HOA office, which is literally right down the street from me. They'll be like, "Yo, I'm." On this day, I'm picking up my Cybertruck. I want to. I want. I want to be able to host an event at the Green, and we're gonna, you know, have a tailgate, and then people can just ask questions and get to experience it. Like it's the first thing I'm, and I'm, and I want to tape the whole thing. I'm gonna get everyone's reactions. Like that is so literally where, what I want to do. Yeah. Where are you at in the queue? Oh man, so I I ordered um, the morning after the event because gotcha. I was like. It was the, their worst event, you know, like it was a super cool product, mm -hmm. but you could tell like just the vibe was weird and him breaking the windows twice, I think put a huge damper on, on his sort of the way he was going. And it's not that on was. YouTube, which tells you everything, you know, it's like, Hey, like they were not proud of this event. So I'm like, fuck, like, damn, this thing is weird. Like I'm not getting good vibes. And I woke up and I looked at it again. I'm like, no, okay. Yeah. I want this. <laughs> and I wanted to work and like half, like half the warehouse was split the Tesla. They were like this, what the hell is this? And then the other half was like, Oh my God, greatest thing ever. And then over the next month or two, you start to see the tone shift to like, yo, this thing's cool. This thing's cool. So, um, so are you yeah. planning to upgrade to the quad motor so that you can get it as yeah. soon as possible as when they yeah. start shipping? I'm going, I'm going, yeah, just the most obnoxious one I can get. Yeah. I want to race everybody at a, at a red light with this thing. <laughs> Everybody, I don't care. It's who gonna it is. be ridiculous. It's gonna yeah. just be crazy. Yeah, for so. sure, for sure. Thanks, cool. man. Thanks for coming on, Hans. Yeah. I appreciate you so much. Yeah, thanks Have for all the support. YouTube. And congratulations on twenty five thousand. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks to you and everybody else. Thank you. Appreciate yep. you. You got a great community. Bye. Thank you, brother. I agree. Bye. Hello, sir. Hey. How you doing, my friend? Good I'm, to see you I'm, again. I'm good. I'm good for that. Well, first, first an idea, you know, I, I mean, I want to congratulate you to, with that, you know, whatever number you have subscribers. 
But Thank I you. don't see you 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 ready for that. What kind of t-shirt you are going to wear today? What it's kind not, of t-shirt? Yeah. It's there not just go. yeah, it's not just a black t-shirt. I mean, come on. <laughs> you have to celebrate it, you know. That's how I celebrate. I'm a very plain guy. <laughs> yeah. very, I was actually thinking about wearing like a really look what is this? What kind of shirt is that? More sake, more happy. <laughs> there you go. See, I gotta I gotta take inspiration from you, man. Yeah, I have inspiration from you. Uh I mean knowing like you how to say came to the country, you know, you sharing love and you know, all your thoughts, bring people, you know, for next level and share you know, all those great ideas. I really appreciate that. Uh, the, the question I have, uh, I have a friend, he have a Tesla Model Y, and he, he asked me if I would like to try it, you know, just for, for the first time. So what you would, as a first driver, you know, first time, mm. what you would kind of, you know, some bullet points, you will address like, um, what I have to, you know, think about when I'm entering the car and you know. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think you really have to do too much except for answer any questions they're going to have. Because what I found is anytime, every single time I've uh, allowed somebody to get in my car and drive mm -hmm. it or whatever, it's they always have so many questions because the product is so uh, kind of speaks for itself, you know, like you get in, you're like, holy crap, this looks, this yeah. is bigger than I thought. This is cooler than I thought. Wow. This screen is so fast and so fluid. Oh wait. So you control everything from the car. How do you charge it? Oh my God. It's so fast. Really? How many chargers do they have? Oh my God. You, like right. it, the, the, the conversation flows very naturally. So mm -hmm. what I would say is just, um, just be ready for a lot of questions. You won't have to do much. The car is going to like prompt that person to ask a lot of questions and you're going to know the answers, right? You're, you're in the Tesla yeah. community. You understand yeah, it. From IT, so but yeah. yeah, don't overthink it. It's going to be, so you're going to be surprised at how much, how many questions are going to ask just by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when, when I, when I drove like my first, you know, Lada, you know, I was always thinking, okay, this is a clutch, you know, w what it does. So it disconnect yeah. engine from transmission. Okay. Now I can do it because. I understand what's behind. I, yeah. I don't know what's behind. I, 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 you know, when you push like accelerated in Tesla, you know, is it going to go, you know, sprint or you know, it's it's slow down? Can I control it? You know, so I right. don't know my expectations right now, but I'm definitely, yeah. you know, something I'm I'm kind of looking forward. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm still looking for the product. When when I when I'm talking about product, I have I bought my house. And it's it's kind of you know have enough for my family, and also it has potentials for put a solar roof. It wouldn't fit mm -hmm. for the street, so I don't have any problem. I have you know I can place like twenty four panels, twenty six panels. I'm looking for the final product: solar roof, uh, you know, charger, and uh, you know, power walls, and maybe you know, satellite, and maybe you know two Teslas in the car. I mean, I don't own anything, but what I notice when I contact Tesla, we have different teams. So you want to buy the car, it comes with charger, we, we lay one wire, you know. Mm. You, you want to buy solar, it should come with polar, solar roof, but it's not connected together. So mm. every time a team is coming, and even in Wisconsin right now, we don't have, you know, 
the uh, the people who installing. Yeah, I, mean, I, I remember you talking about this last time you came on. Yeah, I remember yeah. this. So yeah. when that would happen, you know, do, I have do, no idea. <laughs> okay, so know. last question. Yeah, last question for yeah, yeah. that. So sure. I'm in environment, and you know, this is, this is kind of you know, I am trying to relate. So you was in environment, you're working on, you blessed, you you have a lot of stuff, you 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 move some ideas, maybe some of them not accepted, and some of them accepted, but you 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 stay, uh, how to say, you quit, you kind of in the in the um, how to say, idle mode right now. I mean, you are not active Tesla employer to 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 put both and nuts together, right? Right. Uh, you make that decision, and I believe what you're doing right now it's even you know better because now you you explore you know it's explored your mind you you, you sure. see people and you can tell them hey this this is a, this is go to company, you know I yeah. believe instead of putting bolt and nuts I can you know introduce a company to people around the world and that sure. my situation is I'm in the company very responsible accountable, but. Lately, none of my ideas went through. You know, the, mm. the environment where you, you have, you know, I am not succeeding. And mm. if I'm quitting, which I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking where is always improvement. Maybe I have to have some more uh, psychology thinking, you know, or logistic mm. stuff to, to put those ideas through. Mm. I'm not seeing that, you know, it, I don't have that ground to, to, to raise that grain. Yeah. What, you, what your suggestion? Just, just, I mean, don't, don't even care. I'm, I'm nobody, you know, just, no, just, oh my God. Yeah. Just, yeah. just tell me, you know, should you quit that environment when you think your ideas are not running through? And by the way, I'm working like 10 years in the company. Mm. I know how stuff doesn't work, you know, mm. go, go from mm. that side. But, or, you would still push toward like, you know, I, I came from Russia, I just give up. You know, when, when I was in Russia, I just give up because I know yeah. nothing is going to happen, you know, mm. 50 years, 100 years. So I have a chance, I, I take it and I, I explode here, you know. So and, let me ask you a question. How yeah. would you say, what kind of relationship do you have with the people that make those decisions? How would you describe your relationship? Uh, managers and supervisors. Do you, so, are you, what I'm saying, yeah, I, I work with a lot of leaders, but mm -hmm. those leaders are no more. Where talented people were no, no more with the company. But instead of company hire more supervisors and lead and uh, managers, and we're saying, oh, you okay, you still okay. I said, I can do it better. Well, no, 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 we don't need it. We, we want you to do this. You know, for yeah, example, that's, uh, yeah, that's it's not, not we're not leaders because we don't understand yeah. the details. I, I'm, you know, I'm a very technical person. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two things that come to mind. So what I find, what I found in my, in my, uh, experience in my careers is that getting ideas through and, and so, so coming up with an idea that works is kind of a science in a way, you know, cause you have to be technical and you have to understand it. Right. But getting that idea to be implemented and be bought in by the people is an art. It's it's a very artful approach, right? Because now at that point you're dealing with you're dealing with people, right? Yeah. And people are not scientific. We're a bunch of crazy people. Like we're crazy. Like we, we have feelings, we have emotions, we have egos, right? right? So right. what I find is that in a in an environment where the company or the people 
don't are not as um say scientifically or technically savvy as say like a like a very high level technical company like say Tesla or something where they mm -hmm. give a lot of respect to the idea and the solution and they're willing to try it then you have to become much more artful. You have to be much more on the side of creating relationships with the people that can put the decisions forward. You know, being able to talk to these people, um, it, it's nothing short of like, basically like the manager, the supervisor that has that uh, that sort of ability to push the, the idea forward. You almost have to create a relationship with that person where you trust each other at a human level. Forget the technical stuff. You almost create a relationship, like a friend almost, right? right. And right. then at that point, that dramatically increases your chance to put an idea through. But then the question becomes, is that the kind of environment you want to be in where you want where you have to create a relationship with somebody to get an idea through? Most companies operate in that manner, unfortunately. That's just the truth of it. So your your decision becomes, do I want to develop that relationship and that skill set, that art to try and put ideas through? Or do I want to find a company that's much more willing to try out ideas once they recognize it's good, regardless of the relationships you have with management? And that really becomes a question. Interesting. Yeah. Very nice point. And uh, for that, uh, it's not a question, but do you have any requirement? If you, if you would like, for example, I want to give an interview and I want to be interviewed by you, for example, do you okay. have... <laughs> Some some requirements. The topic needs to be, for example, interested for viewers, right? That's that's number one, right? Mm -hmm. So, yep. for example, my immigration or my chess carrier or my Tesla stock. I was, I mean, I can give you some bullet points. For example, I, I in 2020, on Tesla stock, I went like insane, on margin mm -hmm. like hundred percent. Like I I make like two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So during three months, I just give it back. You know, okay. But, I mean, I have that strategy in place because uh, my my behavior. I mean, I'm not money driven, and I'm mm -hmm. always thinking about what behind of my thinking. You know, mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. I like the stock. You know, what then? Then, I mean, would you be interested in those? Like, you know, and now I'm kind of split. I'm like long term trader. I mean, long term. Mm -hmm. I have some stuff which i i put and i said i never touch it and i'm sure. also daily trades you know like you know but uh what topic would be you be interested you know in uh and by the way i mean i have article in newspapers i support ukraine okay. uh you know refugees i just try to apply yeah. i i'm you know i have family with three kids and all that stuff like what sure, sure. you would be interested to get interview is related to tesla uh, I mean, for me, it's anybody like I come across anybody that jumps out to me as somebody that, you know, that I want to talk to on that day. I just reach out to, you know, some people I'm I have relationships with, like, you know, some of my guests are people that I know personally. Um, sometimes they're just people that I feel like have a unique insight that I want to learn from. But but uh, usually what happens is these people already have some sort of like uh, like uh, people know, like they have a public thing, like people know that they're out there. Right. Yeah don't know me i mean i, I only i know Farzad. you know maybe mesh <laughs> I, 
Yeah. So what I would say is if 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 you really wanna if you wanna have that opportunity, just kind of send me you know send me your background, sort of sort of send me the things that you're interested in, um, and then if it's something that we can make happen in the future, you know why not? Yeah. I mean I do I do have a list of of guests that I want to talk to for sure. And okay. the other thing I have to also keep in mind is that if I'm gonna be doing podcasts and conversations, I have to ensure that it's something that that the public is going to gain a lot of value from as well, right? And that's not to diminish like anyone's skill set. Like oh. everybody has awesome abilities and, and, and skills and things. But um, yeah, there's just a lot of different factors. But yeah, to send, send me an email. I mean, my email's on my YouTube page. You know, send me an email and then we can take it from there. Appreciate you, man. Let me prepare yeah. the where we are. Okay. Thank you very much, man. Have a good one. You Thanks too. for jumping on. Bye. He's awesome. <laughs> He's great. Um, all right, let's go for a few more minutes here because I do have to leave uh, in a little bit. I'm meeting my friend at Terry Black's. He used to work for Tesla as well. So I'm excited for that. And then I'm going to do a 1069.2 um, loop as well right after Terry Black's. I'm, like, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. <laughs> um, unknown Error. Great name. Uh, Farzan Mespani. You broke through baseline established growth difficulty. Assuming your wishes are granted, what direction do you want to take your channel? Any fears on content versus growth? That's actually a very good question. Um, oh, I, I spoke about it a little bit before. It's I really think the the ability. I think I have a. I really enjoy the conversations that I have with people and to try and bring insights and maybe help people um draw value from the conversations I have and a lot of them are centered around Elon and Tesla and all those things right so I think for me it's it's that it's just focusing on bringing valuable conversations to the masses um and I try not to focus that content versus growth question is a very good question because YouTube oftentimes is not very kind to channels where they don't focus on the growth, you kind of become sidelined, right? So if you're somebody that really focuses on creating value and they want the, you want your stuff to be heard, forget the monetary aspect of it, but you want to create value for the world, then it's very, very important to, to also be able to package it in a way so that people want to see it, you know? And that's titles and thumbnails. And what I found on the YouTube game is that unless you have a good way of crafting a title and thumbnail that gets people to click it's very hard for you it's very hard for you to have an audience on youtube the danger with that is that if you're trying to maximize clicks you get into this whole clickbait game right or wrong where you got this you know like that you know you see the face on the thumbnail you know what i'm talking about and the title this is the worst thing ever Oh my God, I can't believe this happened. Breaking news, worst thing in the world. You know, I can't believe this happened. It naturally becomes that, right? So my biggest challenge has been to create the the content that I want to create that I feel brings the most value to people while respecting that uh, sort of, you know, unspoken rule of trust between the viewer and the content creator where I do not want to um, exploit or disrespect my viewer by creating a thumbnail or title that's just there for the sake of maximizing my growth, if that makes any sense. I want to approach this the right way. 
And I'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong, but the right way for me. And that's hard because humans are fickle creatures. We like, you know, it's kind of hard to click. It's kind of hard not to click on certain things when you see it, you know? So that's a long answer to your question, but I've been thinking about that a lot. And it's, uh, it's challenging. It's challenging. But I do, I do, I do bias towards content and I try to grow in a way that's, that's respectful of my, of my viewership. So let me know if that answers your question. It's a, it's a hard one, man. Hey, Tony, you are, uh, where'd you go? You were just moving around. Hello. I'm here. Oh, Can you he hear is. me now? Yes, yeah. sir. I can. So how's it going, man? Nice hat. <laughs> it's going good. So I just had a, a quick story. It's, it's kind of a bad beat story, but I think it's, it's interesting. Um, mm -hmm. a good friend of mine from school, his farm is on the five freeway. It's one of the busiest freeways here in California, but it's like really, really rural part. And for years, his farm stand was the only establishment on this freeway exit. You know, the only mm -hmm. thing there. And I guess a couple of years ago, Tesla offered, offered them like money to set up a supercharger at their farm stand. Mm -hmm. And that like what he told me, uh, the offer was like, like 2000 bucks for a 10 year lease to put in 20 stalls. And his dad mm -hmm. declined that. He thought it was kind of like, like low ball offer compared to, you know, what they could do with the land, say growing strawberries or something like that. So Tesla went and built that supercharger on the other side of the freeway on like mm -hmm. a completely green field, you know, like dirt lot. And I stopped by that supercharger on Labor Day and it was backed up, man. It's, it's the first time I've been to a supercharger where I had to wait more than five minutes because it's like 20 stalls and there were eight people waiting in line there. And Tesla actually like, you know, they had, on, on holiday weekends, they, they had to hire like uh, parking lot uh, attendants to direct traffic to make sure it doesn't get too crazy and also to clean the restrooms because they put in like a like a portable restroom in a in a trailer so there was a guy who was there just like cleaning the restrooms every 30 minutes yeah. and then um you know this is like probably like the second or third time i stopped by that supercharger um, but it was the first time it was on a holiday weekend so it was that busy and this time there was like a brand new gas station being built right next to that to that supercharger and mm. like you know my buddy's farm stand like it's on the same exit but it's still like a 10 12 minute walk to just walk across yeah. the overpass to go there. And, and it just like kind of made me think like, man, like there are a lot of interesting situations where superchargers can, can change land use and uh, you know, even real estate development. And I think that's going to be even bigger for mega chargers because of mega yeah. chargers bringing like truck drivers, you know, until we have like FSD on trucks. Um, but it's just, just an interesting sort of, sort of thing, a little bit of a bad beat story, but you know, thought you, you find that interesting. No, that's super interesting. I mean, I think it opens up so many. If if the if the supercharger dynamic in the long term is what's happening in that supercharger and 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 fair number of places in California, from what I hear, because it's so saturated with Teslas and the charging network, then that opens up a an entirely new discussion around real estate and the possibilities of that around the supercharger network, right? So. It's fascinating. And it, I think we're still early innings for that because it, this is very much, I, I believe, a, still a, a sort of a specific places in California that, that are sort of undergoing this dynamic. Anywhere else that I drive around, like I'm Texas, you know, sort of the Northeast and the Southeast, that I've never had to wait for a supercharger ever. 
ever. It's it's never an issue. But it does bring it does bring a fair number of people to those to those places. So once you reach this point where you have this mass of people that arrive, they're trying to change their charge charge their uh, cars, and you have this ton of land that's required to do that, and then the businesses that sort of develop around that become an entire new way of a. Uh, of uh, I don't know, just a new thing that's that's happening. It's fascinating. No, thank you for sharing that story. And long term, yeah. it's it's also a thought of like, there's also a strategy around which superchargers would eventually become robo taxi hubs. Because you know, yep. once a supercharger gets to the point where there's a hundred or so like stations, you might as well just build a maintenance bay, you know, for the yeah. long term, and then get some people working there to just clean and fix these these cars or replace tires or whatever. And that's yeah. even more pronounced around mega chargers because any significantly large enough mega charger station could eventually just become uh, a trailer swap station. You might as well just swap That's the right. trailers between the trucks while they're charging. It's fascinating and, stuff. And cargo. Yeah. It opens a lot. It opens a lot. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about honestly, but yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate you coming on and sharing that story. Take care. Take it easy. Yeah. You too, man. Bye. Awesome. Such a great community we have here. Y'all. Thank you so much for the $2 super sticker unknown error. I hope that answer was helpful. All right, everybody. Oh, uh, Rodman says he knows that charger. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, let's call it there. We're almost two hours in. Thank you all so much again for 25,000 subs. Really appreciate, appreciate you all. I can't tell you just how uh, inspired I, I am every single day when I wake up and I think about what what am I going to make today? What, what are we going to do today for the channel? And I always have you guys in mind. I always have y'all in mind. Oh my God, I'm from Texas. What am I doing? My goodness. Um, I do. And the, the reason why this exists is because of you. So thank you so much for all your support. Thank you so much for always being there and watching um, this channel. <laughs> and yeah, I hope to see you soon, either tonight or tomorrow, 1069.2 reaction video for sure. Uh, on my way down to meeting my friend today, or maybe on the way back, I'm going to do a, I'm going to record a video for that release. And I'm excited to share that with everybody. Uh, hopefully I get it out tonight, but thank you all so much for coming on. Love you guys. Have a great day. Mwah. I wish I could play guitar, but I don't have enough time. Unfortunately, next time, take it easy, everybody. Peace out. Bye-bye and broadcast.